You know, usually I'll end Wednesday night, sometimes I'll even end Sunday morning with, you want to see what revival, you want to know the answer to revival, you want to see revival start, and I usually end with something like that. But you know, one of the things that we inside of the church today want to see is still revival, not, uh, you know, a lot of people think when they think about revival, they think of a, a series of church meetings, they think about that, what? Uh, first week in August, second week in June, third week in May. You remember growing up, you always had that week set aside for revival. It was a series of meetings. It was a series to where you would come every single night, you would listen to a, uh, a preacher, you would hear music, there would be specials, it would be exciting, it would be passionate, there would be so much, and people would get saved, and, and there would be a renewing of the Spirit in the lives of people, and it would last for a season. But then life would happen. But what about a revival that doesn't just stop when the, you know, when they box all the sound equipment up and when the guy moves on to his next stop next weekend? Or, or what about uh, revival? Revival. Revival's inside of us. I'd say, I'm going to be honest, I think revival's happening at Chapel Hill. You just may not sometimes... Sometimes we've, we've conditioned ourselves to think that, well, it's just a group of meetings. I think revival's happening right here at Chapel Hill. I do. I think there is, there is revival happening, and it's happening in the hearts of you guys. Revival happens when God's people just, just quit playing games and quit, uh, quit wearing masks and wearing multiple hats. When the same hat they got on in here is the same hat they got on out there, that's when revival is happening. It's, it's when we as His children get real about our walk and not just going through the motions. It's not just a, uh, hey, it's Wednesday, hey, it's Sunday, let's pick up our Bible, we got to go to church. No, it's when we go out the doors of, look, church is going with me. And it's not, we're not carrying the name Chapel Hill, you're not carrying, you're not carrying that with you. No, you're carrying the name of Jesus. You're carrying the good news of the gospel. You are, this isn't where I'm going, but I want you to look. Go with me over to Matthew, Matthew chapter 5. Look at what the Bible clearly says about you and about me. Look at Matthew chapter 5 verse 13. You want revival? Go be revival. You want revival? Go be it right there. Start in your home. Remember this past Sunday? We ended with, look, go share. Ask, ask your husband. Ask your wife. Ask your kids. Hey, kids, where are you going to spend eternity and why? Honey, where are you going to spend eternity and why? I pray you went home and asked that question. And I pray that if you're saying, man, I forgot then, listen, we spend this side of eternity with them. Don't we want to spend that side of eternity with them too? The greatest question that goes untalked about inside of homes is eternity. Look what the Bible says about you, church. You, Wednesday night crowd. The Bible says this about you, period. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 says, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. I do not want to be useless salt. Are you listening? 
I'm a Christian, but I'm useless salt. Who in the world? You're salty. You're a difference maker. You're an influencer. You are, look at the next one. You're the light of the world. You're the light of the world. This is Jesus saying this. You are the light of the world. You're salt. What does salt do? It makes a difference. You cannot put salt on something and it be the same. You cannot shine light on something and it be the same. It changes everything. You and I walk into the room and we change everything. Not because of us, not because of our personality, not because of what we are. No, our best scripture says is filthy rags. The Bible says you're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. You want to say revival? You want to be revivaled? Go out there and don't be hidden. Go out there and be light. Go out there and be salt. Go out there and be that ambassador. Go out there and be that person. But you're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket. Tasteless salt, covered up, dim lights. Guys, that is not who we are. If you're a Christian, stand up right now if you're a Christian. Stand up. Make sure I'm talking to the right person. I'll make sure I got the right group so I ain't missing nobody. Good, sit down. So, so we're talking about this room, right? So wake up, come alive, wake up. We're not talking about the next group. We're not talking about them over there. You said, you said publicly, I am a Christian. I didn't say stand up. I said stand up if you're a Christian and you stood up. Then what that means is we don't, we don't want to be tasteless. We don't want to be covered up. We don't want to be hidden. We don't want to be dim. We want to be bold. We want to be that person. We, I'm telling you, it's too late. It's far past time to be playing games. This world is going mad. Are you hearing me? This world is going absolute insane and mad. And we're not, there's, there's no longer the benefit of the doubt. They're not giving us the benefit of the doubt anymore, period. Satan wants nothing more than to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to destroy your home. He wants to tear up your kids. He wants to steal your kids from you. He wants to steal your grandkids from you. Satan could care less about your job. He ain't worried about your 401k. He ain't worried about your retirement and your health insurance and your benefits. He don't care about all that. Here's the thing. He wants you to continue to think that's more important. So you continue to chase those useless things. Retirement don't save you. 401ks don't save you. Careers doesn't save you. But how many people chase those things? Oh me. How many saltless Christians because of a job? How many saltless Christians because of my job? Yeah, but I gotta work, preacher. You telling me the God of this universe, your Savior and Lord, if you step out in boldness on him, don't you know that he'll he knows what he's doing? 
You say, preacher, I, I just gotta, I just gotta stay quiet. And and this is what I'm not saying. I am not saying walk into your office tomorrow morning with your Bible and just start beating the fire out of them. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is there's a lot of people that walk really close to you on a daily basis that do not know Jesus. And even sadder, there's a lot of people that walk close to us, the church, every single day of our lives and they don't know we know Jesus. Go to Galatians 2. Verses. What are they? You ready? You ready? Thy word. Nope, this is practice. As you're turning, ready? Thy word I've hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. Ready? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He'll direct your path, make your path straight. Right? Alright? The Word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld His glory. The glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. This is tonight's verse. This is this week's verse. Guys, if there's a declaration that should describe, if there's a, if there's a, a, a whew, life verse that should explain us to the world around us, is Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. And gave his life up for me. Guys, I have been, we have, I, I can say it for me. I can say we because you stood up. But here's the thing. In a group this large, would you have want to have been the only one standing or sitting? In a group this large, would you have wanted to have been the only one sitting? Preacher, why do you talk about the gospel all the time? Why do you, why do you hammer this Jesus thing down our throat all the time? Why do you, I mean, haven't you, it was this Sunday, you just did it this Sunday, but wasn't it maybe two or three Sundays ago you were there doing it again, and, and wasn't it just a few before then? Preacher, why do you keep doing that? Because here's the deal. Do you think anybody would want to actually sit down when everyone else is standing? All the Christians stand up, and you know what? I ain't, but look, I sure don't want to be pointed out, so yeah, I, I'll look like the rest of them. I'll act like the rest of them. Wednesday night crowd, listen, I need you to do something for me. When you see me go into that mode on a Sunday morning, I need you to go into prayer. Okay? When y'all hear me go there, and y'all hear it, when y'all hear me go there, do not check out. Don't check out and say, oh, here we go again. What you do is you go to the throne of God on behalf of somebody. I stare at people and I see them. God shows me things and He tells me things. I can't explain Him. But there were people this past Sunday morning that needed Jesus so bad and they sat there and they, they absolutely, it's as if, it's as if 
Guys, we got to pray. You got to pray. When you see me go there, when you hear that happening, I'm telling you how it works. I'm telling you behind the scenes, what is he thinking? He's just, he's just being sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit, and he's asked me as humbly as he knows how to, hey, there he goes. He's, he's sharing the gospel again. So, hey, there's somebody in here that needs Christ right now. So, Lord, whoever they are, is it that group of girls over there? Is it that new couple sitting over there? Is it that senior adult down there? We had a 78-year-old man saved not long ago. And you know what? He looked like us, and he'd have acted like us, and he'd have sounded like us, and guess what he would have done ten minutes ago? He'd have stood up like everybody else. There's no way someone is going to remain standing. Guys, there's a boldness in Christ that we must have. Chapel Hill. Revival starts from the Wednesday night crowd. Pours over into the Sunday school crowd. Pours over into the Sunday morning crowd. A boldness that says, look, I am crucified with Christ. I am not. What you see, I may mess up and I, I, may, I may say things and I may think things. and I may, You may see a mess up in me, but there is something different about me. The Holy Spirit of God controls me. And He, and he does things in me and he, and he moves in my life. He works inside of me. I, am, I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who's living in and through me. That's the greatest testimony you and I can have to the world. You and I can have to our spouses and our relationship. You and I as parents can have to our children and to our grandkids out there to the world the rest of them that float in and out of our circles of influence. We're not ashamed of this gospel. We're not tasteless Christians. No, we're not Christians that walks around beating people over the head and calling them out. No, we're just not ashamed of our faith. We're not ashamed of Christ. How many times, Wednesday night crowd, don't raise your hand. Please don't. Don't even hold your hand up with the numbers. How many times have you talked about Jesus publicly since we last met Sunday? Hmm. Hmm. Sometimes we don't want to raise our hand. And then sometimes we're like, yeah, I really was listening this week before. What about last week? Oh, last week I'll... I didn't have time for that last week. Don't be too prideful and don't be too arrogant. Be humble in your walk. Be humble in your walk. Be humble in your faith. Be humble yet bold. I've been crucified with Christ. I'm different. I'm, I'm, I'm not who I once was. Look at, look at the verse. Look at each one of them. You could, you could preach every single bit of it. It's like all these parts. I've been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Think about the humility. Think about the surrender that that takes. This isn't me. I don't control my life. Church, we can't control our lives. 
The decisions, who makes the decisions for us? We wake up, Lord God, here I am, good morning, Jesus. Have you ever heard that anywhere? Put all of this stuff together and you start seeing, wow, if I start applying some of this stuff and I start really living this stuff, transformation in me is happening. Morning, Jesus. Where do you want me to go? How do you want me to live? Lord, here she comes or here he comes. Lord, I got a tough day today. Lord, I got a hard day today. Lord, my kids have got a hard day today. My husband or my wife's got a hard day today. Lord, we got a church family that's just lost a loved one. I talked to Miss Sonia 15 minutes before he died. Not before I went to sleep, she was on my mind. God said, call her. I've never met these people in my life. God said, call her. I went to sleep with her on my heart. Called her the next day, 15 minutes before he entered into eternity. I'm nothing special. I'm just trying to listen. I don't listen way more than I do listen. But I want to listen more. I want to listen so much more. Don't be content with where you are. You want to see revival? Don't be content with where you are in your walk. Paul says, I've not arrived yet. Paul says, I have not arrived yet. I'm still pressing on. I'm forgetting the past. I, I press on to the upward call of Jesus in my life. Don't get complacent in your walk. Don't get complacent in your relationship with Christ. I've learned this verse. I have memory problems. I've learned this verse so many times and I forget it. And I cannot tell you how hard last night laying in the bed I worked through that aggravating long verse. To be able to quote it tonight to you guys. I want to know him more. I want to know. I sat there and I'm like, I tuned everything out. Youngins was gone away. I was like, I got to know this. And for 30 minutes, I'm going through these line by lines and I'm breaking them up like Rob does with the kids. Well, will a song help me? And that didn't help me. And then I just had to put it in a conversation and I had to do that. And you know what I think the Lord sees? I say it all the time. He sees some messed up something trying. Not perfect, but I'm trying because I want to know this stuff. My thing has got to come through me to get to you. I could sit there and say, hey, you go home. Here's your homework. Go learn this one and this one and this one and this one. Go. And then I could go off and go to bed. But that's not how it works. You take a group this large. How many is in here? Ty? Ty? 77 of you. Isn't that amazing? Two perfect numbers. How many times do I ask him how many is in here? And I ask him and he gives me two absolutely perfect numbers. 77. Imagine what if 77 of him. And you know what? I'm talking to 77 believers. Why are you saying that preacher? Because you, you confess by your confession. By your standing up in boldness. I'm a Christian. 77 born-again believers, 77 people who can say, I've been crucified with Christ. It's not, it's not, it's not me that you see here. It's, it's Christ living inside of me. 
And we're going to mess up and we're going to fall flat on our faces and we're going to fall to temptation and we're going to we're going to say, Lord, help me. Lord, I'm making a decision and we're going to make decisions and hindsight is perfect. What's that song? They say hindsight is 2020. Y'all like songs around here, don't you? It is perfect looking back. But when you're in the middle of it, it's faith. When you're in the middle of it, it's I don't know what the next step is. Lord, I, I don't know where I'm stepping. I don't know, Lord, what's going on. I, I don't know. I don't know why you are sending me to this person. I don't know why you're asking me to call him. I don't know why you're asking me to invite him. Well, I don't know why, Lord, the preacher sat there earlier and said, Hey, I want you to go to the men's conference and I just, I just got to go. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but Lord, I'm just going to go. Faith and action. I don't know where I'm going to land, but I know you're going to take care of it. And I'm just going to step out on faith. That is our life. Every single day of our life. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, faith. In the flesh I live by faith. That's what we do. We got this super preacher up here. No, you don't. You don't have nothing special. You just got somebody that tries. Imagine 77 trying. You say, yeah, but I don't. What do I bring to the table? Who in the world am I? You're a Christian. That's all you need to be. You're a believer. That's all. You got everything you need. You got Christ. You got the Holy Spirit of God living inside of you. You got everything you need. Thing is, we just got to direct it. Lord, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? Preacher said I was a salt of the earth. Lord, I don't feel real salty. Preacher said I was a light. Lord, the last thing I want to do is, what did Moses, I can't talk, I can't speak, what will they say, send somebody else, excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse, and God says, look, get out of the way. But you know what I never want? Based on the principle taught. Me, by God, and His Word there all the way back in Genesis. I never want God to send an Aaron in Moses' place. Don't send somebody else to steal my blessing. You want to see revival? Revival is when the church, all 77 of us who's in this room right now, says, I don't want anybody else sin in my place. Lord, I'll go. Send me, I'll go. God asks, who can I send and who will go for? Send me, I'll go. We don't know where we're going. What am I going to be doing? What am I going to have to say? What do I have, where do I sign up? What's it going to be like? What did he tell Abraham? He didn't tell him any of that stuff. He just said, Go. In chapter 
12 of Genesis verse 4 says that Abraham got up and he went. One of the most insane verses in all of scripture. Abraham didn't even get the rest of the story and he by faith simply went. Guys, that's what a controlled life looks like. That's what a sold out life, that's what a, that's what a life on fire for Christ, that's what a life who is, who is simply saying, Lord, I, you're gonna, you put me on this earth and you're, you're going to take me off of this earth when you're ready for me, but between coming and between going, God, you saw fit in your glory for your purpose and your great name's sake to make me your own, Lord Do in me. Do with me. Do it, God. Do it in me. We're controlled. We're we're driven. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. And gave himself up for me. Guys, when we see the distance God went for us, how in the world could we ever tell him? Oh, oh. oxymoron. Greatest oxymoron in the universe. Lord, no. Lord, no. That can't happen. Us, the created, looks up at God the Father who gave himself up for me and look at him and hear his voice clearly and feel his spirit nudging and feel his directing and he clearly showing us his perfect will for our lives and we looking at him and saying no and he gave himself up for us guys how far should we go how willing should we be what's your motivation you ask what drives you you ask others may look at you what what's your motivation why are you doing this our answer has nothing our answer is nothing outside of did you accept did you see what he did for me did you see what he did for me And you're expecting me to stop short you're expecting me to quit you're expecting me to not be Passionate about the one who saved me and made me his very own? He gave himself up for me. That's how much he loved me. That's revival. 77 on the hill on a Wednesday night. Craziest thing you should have done tonight is got out in that rain and got on that dirty road and went 55 to 65 miles an hour to get here. And that's slick. But you're here. Why are you here tonight? Why are you among the 77? Why are you among the 77 born again believers who stood up in faith 
simultaneously I say that and said, I'm a Christian. Hey, you, don't hide. Hey, you, go be bold. Hey, you, don't be ashamed. Hey, you, you've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer you that lives, but it's Christ who lives in you. In the life that you now live in the flesh, you live by faith in Christ. In the Son of God who loved you and gave himself up for you. He went that far for you. Ah, ah. Everything in me, really, really, I'm, I'm serious. I'm serious as a heart attack. Wives, sign your husbands up. I look out over an army of men. I look out over an army of men. I want to do something crazy in the next seven minutes. I want to count off. You're one. Go. No, not girls. <laughs> we are talking army of men. I clarify and digress. Let's start over. One. Hold on. He's trying to chase me on with a camera. It ain't working, brother. How many? 18? 21. 40, another biblical number. 40 men. You tell me God can't do something with 40 men. I mean, you tell me God can't do something with 40 men. 40 believers. 40 Christians. 40 guys who said, I am crucified with Christ. 40 men stood up and said, I am a believer. I am a child of God. I am, I am. It's not me that lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. Guys, what in the world? There's no telling what God's going to do. There's no telling what He's already doing. We're seeing it. Things is, you say, preacher, I ain't a vision guy. I, I'm not good with visions. Give me a vision. You want to know a vision? 77 on fire. You want to see a vision? 40 men taking over this church in Sunday schools, in preschools, in youth rooms, and in, and in senior adult rooms. Pick a room and there's 40 God-fearing men in its in the gap there ain't no power the gates of hell will not stop that I'm nothing special but, but I've been crucified with Christ 
God wants men who are not ashamed of his son to be bold in their faith, to lead their homes, and it just goes crazy. Get out of the way. Get out of the way. Get out of his way. Lord, what do you want me to do? Don't hide. You've done stood up and said, I'm, I'm yours. Don't hide. You say, well, I've, I've been running. Stop running and just submit, surrender. God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. That's revival. And it's happening. It happens. It don't have to be during a series of meetings. It happens when God's sons and his daughters just give him their lives. Father God, as we sit here tonight, as we are humbled at the fact that God of the billions upon billions upon billions on the face of this earth right now, you meet 77 in this sanctuary tonight. God, you do not, you do not ever leave us nor forsake us. You keep your promises. God, I thank you for bringing us here to this place, bringing us here to this point, bringing us here for such a time as this. God, we want to be used by you, Lord. Here we are, send us. We'll go. We'll go, Lord. Lord, help us. We've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer us that lives. It's Christ, you living in us. Help us be bold. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Night, night, y'all.